Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Lynn Davis Crane, a coach living and working in tune with nature. Lynn officially started her business earlier this year and while she has booked a few clients, she doesn't feel like she's gaining traction or building community and knows that she's over relying on Instagram. In this really, really practical episode, we talk about how to position your content to help people find you and want to stick around. We talk about locating your customer, the customer journey, and combining being a magnet with having people stumble across you. So let's dig in. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's a rainy day here, um, so there might be some rain in the background of this recording, which will make it nice and atmospheric. <laughs> it's actually quite sunny here, which is oh. quite surprising. Oh, but, um, fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we've got lots to dig into today about all sorts of things. But before we do that, let's set the scene a little bit with your backstory and your history and your journey and how you've got to where you are now and what your business actually is. Yeah, thank you. So I think ever since I was little, um, I've always wanted to help people. I was always quite a good little girl. <laughs> um, I put in inverted like, commas. I'm yeah. sure my family would say otherwise. But yeah, I always wanted to, to kind of help people and to, to be kind of of service to other people. And so it's kind of life went on. Uh, I left school and went to university and trained to become a nurse. It wasn't kind of always that dream from being a child, but I thought I wanted to work with teenagers really, or, or kind of young people. And um my whole entire family are teachers, um, and I've only gone and married one as well. Um, <laughs> I want to be a teacher. So I wanted to kind of work out another way of working with young people. So I went and became a nurse. I worked in the hospitals for a number of years, and then I went into the community and worked with um, health visitors. So they work with children and families kind of under five, and I really enjoyed enjoyed that. And then I decided I wanted, uh, there's still that hankering to work with the teenagers and to um yeah, work in that arena. So I went back to university and did a postgraduate diploma and became a specialist school nurse. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed that role as well. Um, worked in a number of inner city schools and worked a lot around, as you can imagine, um, mental health and well-being and in that kind of arena and really helping um, teenagers to, to think about the, the choices that they were making, try to encourage them to make healthier choices, um, but obviously telling them what to do mm-hmm. <laughs> never going to work. So obviously there's lots of different ways of doing that kind of motivational interviewing and different ways of kind of helping them to to understand themselves a little bit more understand their mental health um, and how they can help their mental health really thinking about that back to my own childhood there wasn't really we weren't really taught about our mental health or kind of Mm -hmm. how we got our well-being um a real area that 
I think we're seeing big shifts in now, but um, certainly when I was a kid in the 90s, it wasn't really talked about. So yeah, I I did enjoy that role, but I decided that I wanted to move away from the nursing element of things because within that role, there was the mental health, there was lots of sexual health stuff, Mm. um, safeguarding and immunizations and actually a huge, huge range of things that we were doing. So I wanted to really focus in on kind of mental health and well-being. So I moved away from that and um, I went and worked in a charity, again, with teenagers and around mental health and well-being for a while. And that job only lasted a year, actually. It was a one-year fixed contract. And when it came to an end, um, yeah, I I decided to take a little break from working because I'd gone straight from school into Mm. university. I didn't have any gap years or anything. And I kind of got to, towards my later 20s and was like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this, so everything you've described so far, how many years in total are we? were you a nurse for in that context? Including my training, about 10 years. Yeah, okay. That's a lot to have packed in, like lots of going from all, all sorts of places. And it sounds like a, a constant zooming in as well towards the mental health stuff. Yeah, yeah, towards the well-being stuff. And and looking back at it now, I can really see how that journey has had the choices I made kind of led me here. Mm. So yeah, I decided to take take that little little break and reassess and and along the way I'd actually started to have coaching myself personally. That's what helped me with some of the decisions to to actually move away from nursing and to to try something else. And I've always had a bit of a passion for outdoors and nature as well and realized through coaching that actually it's a really important um part of my life and it's a really important part of my own well-being as well is is being outside getting for walks um and some photography as well in amongst that so i decided to do a bit of a training ship with my local wildlife trust in in teaching kids about uh Mm. as well so that was another kind of side element but I was realizing as I was going through, trying to look for that perfect job that would encompass perhaps nature and well-being uh, and mental health, that it wasn't quite out there. Mm. There was a job that um, that came up, but and I got it, but I decided to to decline it because I realized I had this fire within me to start my own coaching practice. And I realized that being outside and walking along somebody whilst having a coaching conversation could be really, really therapeutic and really, really excited me. It, it, it was the thing that kind of kept on the idea that kept on coming to the surface. And I was like, oh, I've got to do something about it now. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that was about 18 months ago. And I do still have a part-time job with a with a local charity and I've started my coaching practice pretty much mostly this year actually since about February March time so <laughs> perfect timing perfect timing to look business at the beginning of the pandemic but it has given me a lot of time actually so in some ways I'm very oddly grateful for mm. the amount of time that I've had to invest in it because I don't think I'd quite be at this point if um if we hadn't had it so Mm. well then presumably you're not doing the outside in-person stuff either at the moment no no Mm. I'm not so um although that is the dream and that is what I want to be aiming for I'm just focusing on the coaching at the moment so one element that will probably come across is um I've decided to do a coaching diploma in order to just kind of although I have tons of transferable skills and lots of experience in 
coaching in some ways um, and I've had it myself, I decided I did want to to get a diploma just to deepen my understanding and also for my own um, self to feel like I'm a little bit of one of those people who needs a certificate to say mm. they can do something. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, that started um, back in May and I'm coming towards the end of that now as well. So yeah, I so think it's all going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so you said that it was February slash March time this year that it all kind of started, if you like, or launched for mm. want of a better word. And so, well, how's it gone? Yeah, well, um, I think <laughs> I've um, I've been able to to get some coaching clients alongside the um, the training that I'm doing. So I have to do a certain amount of practice hours, as you can imagine. And um, yeah, I've had a number of clients through that, which has been really exciting, and I've just absolutely loved every second of it. So yeah, it, it reinforces that I know this is what I'm meant to do. So yeah, that's been really exciting and really enjoyable. And I've been just trying to be more active on my Instagram account and sharing my expertise, but also kind of starting to build up a little bit of a newsletter following, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I did a gratitude project back in May, I think it was, um, for a few days, which went really well. Really enjoyed doing that. So I'm just starting to kind of, yeah, try and build up a bit of a community, really. Mm. So how do you feel about how building up a community has gone and how have you approached it? I feel like it's gone mixed. I know it's a slow process and it takes investment from me as well. And I must admit, sometimes I find that bit a bit hard. I feel like I was a bit uh, late to Instagram so I wasn't on it since the beginning I don't know mm-hmm. what it was like pre-algorithm or anything like that <laughs> whatever that was mm-hmm. and and so I've, I find it I feel like it's, it's slightly like a bit like a playground and you've got to get up the courage to go and speak to people type thing uh, in order to build that community so mm-hmm. I find that element a little bit hard I am enjoying speaking, I am finding I'm speaking to lots of other coaches um, and other people in the kind of wellness arena, which is great. And it's lovely to have that supportive community. But I think what I'm struggling with is a little bit is how to be in front of people who might be mm-hmm. needing coaching services, really, who's who are feeling a bit stuck mm. in life and, and wanting to, to have some help. Mm. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of things in there. So first of all, very similar to you, I also... Oh, was very late to Instagram so I think I I got an account like very early on but just for the filters and I didn't I used it like three times and then never (laughs) used it again and then I picked it back up properly in about 2016 2017 and it was that was also post it was just after the algorithm changed so also I did not know the pre-algorithm times (laughs) which in a lot of ways I have found to be actually quite beneficial because a lot of people who were pre-algorithm that was how they knew how to use Instagram and then it all changed and they were bereft and couldn't quite (laughs) start picking it back up whereas I've never known it any other way so in that way it's not I don't think it's a you've missed the boat kind of thing with it at all I think it's definitely possible to to keep building it up but what I'm interested in is where you said that you 
the, the going out there and actually introducing yourself and saying hello to people in the playground how that's a struggle do you th- yeah. is that something where is it kind of that social media and interacting with people in that way doesn't come naturally to you anyway or is it because you're thinking I've got to network for my business and, and you kind of you've got a lot of pressure on it mm, yeah I think probably a little bit of a combination of both those things like social media I kind of like I stepped away from my Facebook page and cancelled that about five years ago now and so, so I really only set up set up the um, Instagram account for the business really I didn't really use it I used it a bit to show some of my pictures but that was that was how I first used it so I guess how I see it is is for the business and to kind of network I feel I feel quite happy and confident like chatting to people but it's just knowing where they are in adverted Mm. covers like and how to use relevant hashtags and things like Mm. that to to get my stuff in the right place yeah um like I said I'm finding um um finding other coaches which is lovely but I don't know where to find people who might be in need Mm. of because and as well just really mindful of the content that I'm putting out there and the the way that I'm phrasing things trying to not use my kind of coachy words and kind of um, where I am at personally, but thinking about where I was perhaps five years ago or so when I was mm. looking for a coach, when I was starting to to want some support and feeling a bit stuck and thinking where to go, really. Mm. That's that so, yeah, yeah. So how, what kind of work have you done on thinking about your ideal client? Yeah, I've done, I've done quite a bit of work on that and, yeah, I've done I've done another course on kind of gentle visibility and thought about the the kind of storylines that I put out there and kind of the things that I can talk about in my content. And yeah, I think in terms of ideal client, I probably see see them as as I was, um, you know, perhaps in my mid twenties, feeling like you've you've gone through life and you've done all those things that you should do. You know, perhaps mm-hmm. you've gone to uh, to, to university or, or maybe not but you've got a job you've worked hard you've kind of found yourself um living the life you kind of feel like you should perhaps in a relationship not I don't know but something still feels off it doesn't really feel like you and you're not quite sure where to go next perhaps are you feeling a bit lost and stuck and and society tells us all these things that we should be doing and we should should have it all together when actually that's not often the case mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there's ever an end point of when we've all got it sorted. But um, yeah, so so that's my ideal client, really. Somebody who's feeling quite quite lost and they want another way and they want to, to feel a life that looks like them and feels like them again. Mm. Okay, so this is interesting because before this episode goes out, there will be another episode going out about identifying your ideal customer. So people will have already listened to that. And what you're, what I'm kind of getting from what you've just said is, so when I think about finding your ideal customer, there are three parts to it. There's identifying, locating, and talking to them. And you've mm. got really good stuff about the identifying because mm-hmm. you've got, you've gone beyond the demographics, you've, you know, what is kind of going on in their head and how they're yeah. experiencing it emotionally. And that is going to help you with the talking to them piece as well. Like you said, you're thinking about the words that you use that would appeal to you five years ago rather than you right now, which is good. Mm. What's missing is that middle piece of the locating. 
And that's where actually some of the demographic stuff or um, thinking about your customer on a more kind of day-to-day plane rather than their kind of emotional turmoil can be really useful because you've got you've got kind of half of the whole there because you need to be thinking about, okay, so who is this person as a whole person and not just the part of them that I can help? You know, what are they, mm. where are they working? Who are they following on Instagram when they're scrolling through? What stops them? What are the, who are the people that they love to follow if they subscribe to newsletters which are the ones that they actually read all the way through what Mm. podcasts they listen to where do they listen to them do they go on long drives or are they on the train on probably not on the train at the moment but by the (laughs) by the by um you know what how do they spend their evenings do they read magazines or do they listen to the radio do they watch you know all those little things yeah and then you can start to zoom in a little bit more and be like okay so if they read magazines what magazines are they reading if they're spending the time scrolling on their phone where are they looking what hashtags are they following what people are they following and those are the pieces that then help you to start knowing where to put yourself because you at the moment are sort of you've got this, I know absolutely how they're feeling and I can talk to that all day long, but I'm just talking to a brick wall because I don't know yeah. where those people are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think what I feel a bit stuck with is is knowing kind of what podcasts are listening to or what magazines they're reading and stuff. I don't want to sound like out of the loop of things, but like I said, I only use social media personally mm-hmm. for the work and business. So I feel a bit I feel a bit old (laughs) (laughs) a bit like you know I'm just in my early 30s now and the generation that I'm speaking to is perhaps you know five seven years or even 10 years younger than me and and I feel like there's a bit of a gap there um but perhaps that's I just need to research Uh, yeah I think that's a little bit of research that and so even if you're thinking of user a a real person who is perhaps 80% there of who your ideal customer is. So it could be a celebrity or an influencer or just, you know, someone's niece <laughs> that you know <laughs> in real life. And just just kind of look at them and see, oh, well then, if say it's an influencer, they mention such and such podcast that goes on your list. You see a photo where they've got a such and such magazine in the on the table that goes on your list, and then once okay, you yeah. you just need one in. So say they mention a podcast, that's one in. Then you can go into that podcast and like look at all the topics, look at some of the guests, and then go and research that guest and look at where else they've been, and then it all kind of starts you know with one piece of information you can find three more pieces of information and three other yeah Yeah. so it can all start to unravel from there it's just kind of finding that one thing that you can just use to get your teeth into a little bit Mm. um and even because you've had clients already I'm sure they've probably mentioned I was reading this thing and that in this or I was listening to such and such a person say something you know (laughs) yeah I think that's I think that's a good place to go back to as well is asking clients or asking people who who do follow me oh I just wondered like yeah 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 I think it's yeah I definitely think it's worth asking the people who currently follow you as long as they are the right people Mm. because if you've got as you you sort of touched on a community of peers rather than clients you're going to get a lot of like oh I listened to the (laughs) 
coaching marketing podcast, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is not what your client is listening to. So it's just, it can be really useful to, to ask your audience as long as you're kind of tempering that of, okay, has this recommendation come from a person who actually would be a client? Yeah. Thank you. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, that's really the key thing. And because that's, there's a two parts here. One is a, in terms of how people find you, you can be stumbled upon or you can be a magnet. And what with what you're doing at the moment is trying to be a magnet. And mm-hmm. that can definitely work. <laughs> you're, you're putting the content out there, making it strong enough, unique enough that if it pops up in somebody's feed, it's there to, they can stop their scroll and be like oh this is actually interesting (laughs) I'm Mm. gonna pay attention to it and that's a really good thing to focus on but it's difficult to be a magnet before somebody stumbled across you yeah and in order for them to stumble across you you need to be in the places where they already are yeah exactly I like that analogy it's a good way to think about it so yeah what sort of thoughts are you getting or is there anything that you're thinking oh I'm not sure I'm doing that or how would I do this I guess I think my content is pretty pretty good and, and interesting. And I, I am getting that feedback from some of my followers that it really resonates with them and the way that I write things just kind of clicks with them. But I'm just wondering if that is always going to stop people scrolling. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Are you talking um, specifically about Instagram captions at this point? Yeah, yeah. captions or IGTVs. Like I feel yeah. quite... I've started to realize I feel um, more confident talking my ideas through than necessarily writing captions. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do both, but um, I'm quite happy to do IGTVs and stories. So I want to utilize that to the best of my ability because I think um, if I can do it, it's a good thing to to be doing rather than just writing the captions mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, but it's how to phrase them or approach them that really does get people to stop yeah. without being shouty, look at me. Yeah, mm. exactly. Because mm. um, I'm quite oh. gentle in some of my ways, but um, yeah, sorry, go on. No, 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 I was getting excited. <laughs> not no, letting you finish. <laughs> um, so as you're talking, there's an alarm bell going off in my head that's going, customer journey, customer journey. Because okay. I think this is where you're at, is that you're getting good feedback from the people who are already there. And so they're they're in it and the kind of slightly longer form IGTVs and I'm assuming the more kind of in-depth stuff that you're putting on Instagram is obviously appealing to them because they've, they're so far along in their journey mm. that they are they're into it you know they're gonna watch it when it pops up where you're you're probably lacking is that top beginning of the journey stuff the acquisition stuff where if there's somebody who doesn't know you sitting and watching a five minute IGTV it's just not gonna happen you know yeah yeah and even if there's a caption that is maybe quite long or quite personal or, or referring back to something you've said previously again that is a a bit of a barrier to entry because it's not it's not for where they're at in their journey with you. Mm. So that's something that I would start to think about mixing through is if somebody's finding me for the very first time, is there something there for them? And and just and that doesn't mean you're trying to in every single post hedge all your bets. 
it's mm. sitting down and thinking okay this IGTV is for people who've never met me so it's going to be a minute and it's going to have a really strong hook and a takeaway that's going to make them want to read the next caption and watch the next IGTV or the same thing with a caption it's going to be slightly shorter but it's going to be a really punchy thing and that's going to really focus in on that problem that they're struggling with I mean I did a course and they said something that really resonated with me is that you've got to interrupt the conversation that's already happening in their head Mm. as a kind of scroll stopping thing as if they're like oh I'm you know this doesn't feel right or I hate this person or you know or this person makes me feel bad about myself then to to scroll down and see a post saying what to do when somebody you follow makes you feel bad about yourself for example like that's a wow I need to watch that kind of feeling you know so that's where I that's what I think is happening here is that and it's great that you're, you're really serving the people who are already into it bought into it they're following you they're happy but there needs you need to have people coming in at the same time as well so that's what I would focus on for you there that's really interesting thank you yeah and I think yeah I just struggle with with knowing how to phrase things but I think like we said going back to what the voice is going on in their head and using those words so if they're if they're thinking to themselves, oh god, I just feel stuck. Feel stuck. I don't really know what I'm doing in my life anymore. Like, oh, then yeah, mm. <laughs> how to interrupt that? I think it's mm. always a place to start from, and this is what our as humans and as <laughs> business owners, our default position we start from is this is the thing that I want to say. Whereas actually yeah. we need to be thinking, uh, the position we need to start from is what does our person need to hear? Yes. And there is a a, a slight difference in that. And mm. sometimes you've got to really kind of leave your ego out of it because I get this as well. I want to, I'm like, I've had this really great smart idea and I want to talk about it, but it's not about me. Um, It's about them or what they need to hear. And in order to be a good communicator, if people need to understand you rather than, you know, use big words. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's when you're in doubt and you're thinking, I don't know how to say this or how can I get into it? It's just switching that mindset 180 degrees as if you're the person sitting opposite you and just think about how are they feeling? What do they need to hear right now? Mm. And how can I say that? and ground into that rather than I need to say something (laughs) (laughs) I know because I think that's the thing I I come up with like with ideas from my own experience or from from my coaching and things that really resonate with me that I feel will be really useful (laughs) but like you say you've got to put my ego kind of aside but you think oh I've got this really good idea and I want to share it but it's perhaps thinking well, how do they need to hear it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's just a repackaging. Mm. And so it, there's a couple of ways of thinking about it. Either it's sort of like a Trojan horse where you've got your idea, but you've got to put it inside something that's going to get it through the gate, literally. <laughs> um, or sometimes I think of I like just that. like wrapping it up like a little sausage roll. So you've got your your learning point, but you wrap it up in a story or something like that that's just going to make it more palatable like more easy for people to get into because people are always going to connect to a story or this is my experience of xyz and there's a learning point at the heart of it 
and they actually by figuring it out themselves it's more impactful than you kind of with a spoon (laughs) saying have this medicine (laughs) yeah exactly because that's what coaching is all about I'm not here to tell people what to do and Mm. and it is just facilitating conversations which help them get to that point so yeah I feel like it should my content should um reflect that yeah and that's a really good point as well and for for any service business but particularly with things like coaching where it's quite it's hard to say you know here's the website I'm going to design for you do you like it or not you know yeah what you have to it's an experience and so to use your marketing to model that experience so people can get a kind of taste of what it's going to be like so they're not going in completely cold yeah because what I found over my experience even just the last three years is people hire coaches because of the way they think more than anything else so for example with me it's they like the way that I think about marketing and they think that's well that I can that really resonates with me I under I like the way she says things the way she works things out and that could help me Mm. rather than you know, oh, she's got X, Y, Z years of experience, which nobody has ever asked me because <laughs> through my marketing, the experience is modelled. And so they don't really care about, ex- you know, have what qualifications or whatever I've got because they're just like, yeah, I'm already, I believe it because I can see it happening in front of my eyes. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you. That's a really good way to, to see it. So... <laughs> um. <laughs> And I was thinking as well a little bit about um, differentiation. Oh, that was a really difficult word to say out loud. Yeah. (laughs) So in terms of really showing your unique difference, because that that helps both with the being a magnet side of things and the stumble upon side of things, because it is, you know, there are lots more coaches around today mm-hmm. than there yep. were a year ago three years ago yep. which is like I think is great however it does mean that things can start to blur and as a consumer you might be like oh who said that thing was it that person or that person and so to have something where you can you know people are going to know that it was you that said it because it's only you can say that thing how do you feel about that I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Um, tell me a bit more about it. Though. Yeah. So, how do you feel? How do you feel about your your unique difference? Do you think? Do you feel really confident in what it is? Do you feel confident in creating content that demonstrates it, or do you think I've kind of thought about it, but I might be blurring in with other people? <laughs> <laughs> No, I think my focus on nature and and connecting to nature and connecting to the world around us is really important to me. And I think it is my kind of, yeah, unique point. I think, especially throughout lockdown and the pandemic, we've all realised that um, spending time in nature helps us and and does benefit our mental health and our well-being. And obviously everything to do with um, the climate crisis and what's going on in the world around us has drawn people's attention to how we look after the world and I think that only starts when with having a personal connection to the natural world and um yeah I think once we realize how much it can um benefit our well-being we're more likely to care about it 
and and take actions as a result does that make sense mm-hmm. so I'm just wondering how how I kind of utilize that a bit more because mm-hmm. obviously at the moment I can't do my coaching outside in nature and I don't want to be like preaching to people about it mm-hmm. but it's already something that I think is on the cusp of like our consciousness um so how do I tap into it and utilize it mm. yeah yeah and what I would say as well is again thinking about this from what the customer needs to hear it's connecting everything that you've just said with directly with their problem or what they want to change because it's kind of like oh yeah I like nature but you know how does that help me feel like I'm back in control of my life you know (laughs) Um, or you know I don't need to have to worry about the climate crisis on top of the fact that I don't know who I am yeah so that's that's where and I think that's where the uniqueness comes alive is in you know those beliefs and values that you have around nature plus the impact that you can make on someone else and where they collide is where the magic's going to happen Mm. yeah that's really interesting I'm sorry I'm pausing because my brain is just going like (laughs) yeah kabloomy (laughs) (laughs) I'm just yeah that's the area that I think I'm really struggling on at the minute is is how I can bring these areas together to be my unique selling point or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it yeah. yeah. And it's doubly hard because you've not been able to practice it literally in the field. You know? yeah. <laughs> you've got a lot of theory in your head of how you think it's going to work, but it's not been able, you've not been able to literally stand outside with someone and see it happen and get those kind of flashes of inspiration. So mm. don't kind of beat yourself up about it because yeah, it's hard to have off the top of your head something to say about it when you're not practicing it there and then. However, you can start to look for how you are practicing it in your own life. So mm-hmm. the ch- what because you as an individual are allowed to go into out into nature. So how that is impacting you, um, perhaps with any clients that you have been working with, how have you used nature even just over Skype? So perhaps any exercises you've suggested to them or things that you've suggested they go and do outside, something like that just to start to kind of build up that bank of tools you can draw from because Mm. it's very like I said when you're talking about the theory a lot it's quite heavy for you very very heavy for the people reading it yeah um but to have that kind of yeah that tool bank that toolkit of being like okay here's a really practical thing or here's a real life example that just is the proof all wrapped up Mm. I think I I do share some of that and I talk about like my mindful photography and how how that's kind of benefited me just like slowing down on walks and really kind of noticing what's going on around us and um you know especially early on in lockdown when it was you know spring was was starting and and the season was changing into summer and and everything that you can notice was really beneficial to me and and I did try and share some of that and and shared that through the gratitude project as well I think I struggle with it not wanting to sound like I'm showing off or being like Mm -hmm. I've got it all sorted like my life's wonderful do what I do so it's how you you kind of share it without without that feeling Mm -hmm. yeah and and I think that's and I I don't know I don't want to put words into your mouth but (laughs) perhaps uh, as part of your background you know telling teenage 
just well actually like you said you had to get to a point where you were telling teenagers how to care for themselves without telling them how to care for themselves right (laughs) so there's a kind of skill there where you've got to just try and make it their idea and Mm. like you said you're not it's not a case of saying do this and your life will be better it's yeah it's telling the story of you know what, I I tried this, this is the impact it had on me, here are some suggestions and an invitation to you to try it for yourself, let me know how it goes. And keep it on that very level footing because I think especially when you're trying to establish yourself, we go very hard on trying to look like an expert, but actually just releasing that and knowing that the other person is the expert in themselves of course, yeah. And it's just an invitation to them to dig deeper and you might have mm. some tools to help them. Like that is so much more impactful because they're seeing genuine change from something you suggested rather than you kind of trying to hammer them with, look how great I am, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's been my other struggle is kind of like how I demonstrate expertise. Because like you said, coaching is something where people employ you because of who you are and the way that you think and the way that you you say things um and you're you know they feel like they can trust you so you want to kind of demonstrate that you are trustworthy and you know your stuff without sounding like yeah you're preaching to yeah 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 I understand and I think it's again a little bit of proving that what having that really that through thread that every of your unique difference that everything proves that you are really living and believing in that through thread and can see that it works so in that way just you saying this is how I live my life it's not perfect but this is how it's helping that's Mm. a little bit of extra proof to be like okay well it's definitely helping her and I I like the way her life looks you know (laughs) and again putting out the a few tools or how to's or just thought experiments or little kind of have you maybe considered thinking about this like this and just Mm. those little tiny things that builds up those tiny building blocks of proof that people are like okay well I actually did go out for a walk and do some mindful photography and it really helped like she said it would so Mm. maybe she's got something else that might help this other thing (laughs) that I've got (laughs) and so yeah it's when we want to be establishing expertise we want to be talking about how much we know when really the other person has to decide that for themselves and they'll only get that if they see change in their life because you know Mm -hmm. I could sit here and just read out a marketing manual you know basically (laughs) um but anybody could do that whereas actually if I say well, have you considered thinking about it like this? Then somebody listening will be like, you know what? I haven't considered I thinking haven't, about it like this. Yeah. And then they can go off and they can put it into action and think, oh, that really worked. I'm going to listen to the next episode because who knows what's going what's gonna to come back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's giving people opportunities to make change in their lives mm. is the way that you can really build that expertise. And again, it's frustrating because you just want to say <laughs> you just want to <laughs> say why you're good but you have to show it showing it yeah but that's so much more impactful and powerful like you say mm-hmm. and and that's what you want for people and that's what that is one of the reasons I started my Instagram was to kind of try and inspire other people to to make little changes in their life and to to connect with the natural world and see see how it could make them feel and 
see if it did make a difference for them Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i really think it's just those little tiny little intentions for every post that you're putting up and just giving yourself those benchmarks of okay what do people need to hear what do do people need to hear about this topic and what's something how can I help them make a change through this post even if it's just thinking about something in a different way or planning a mindful photography walk or whatever it is Mm. but just a little takeaway that's going to really help them in that moment um, and with that conversation that's going on in their head that's just a it's a tiny little thing that just makes it a little bit more focused and intentional rather than just I'm going to put another caption and hope for the best, yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's a really helpful way to think about it, having those kind of questions in the background as to what do they need to hear and and what what are they going to get from this. Um, yeah, that's really, really helpful. Thank you, Kate. And what yeah. am I doing this for? I think is an important one because, like I said, it's very easy to just get into this kind of treadmill of like I need to be putting content out every day or every week or whatever and you just you're putting it out to put it out Mm. whereas I I think something that a little rule of thumb that I live by is I only post when I've got something to say rather than because I want to say something so it's okay explain the difference in that so rather than so I've got something to say so I have a point or a story that is I want the world to see and hear and to Mm -hmm. affect them rather than I just want to say something to make a noise and still be present yeah and there's no no intention or kind of point behind it I just need to like have my username pop up to the top of someone's feed (laughs) and so they don't forget me so that's it's where that it's coming from like I I'm only gonna post something if I I really want to say that thing because I think it's going to be really important, not because I don't want people to forget me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's what I try to do as well Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's no point in saying something just for the sake of it and nobody wants to hear that. No one's going to interact with it if it comes from that place. So, um, yeah, but then I can find myself being quiet for a while Mm -hmm. (laughs) because nothing major's happened that I want to to put out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's important as well like you said something major whereas actually and think about it for yourself as well my favorite people that whose stories I watch every day or whatever they're just sharing what they're doing that day yeah and that's <laughs> um, for me yeah yeah exactly and it's it's not momentous but it's a nice little window and quite often that for me at least they share something like how they've planned something or this is what I've written today or you know this is you know all little things like that that's just oh that's really interesting to see how they plan their time because <laughs> mm. that's the sort of thing that I'm interested in and so that's what I try to I mean I'm not great at it because like you I tend to go a bit quiet but that's what I try to think even if I'm just showing my planner page for the day that's still quite interesting to people mm, in some ways yeah. um so yeah that's a good good idea and I have a very cute dog so that always helps for a little bit of um, yeah (laughs) easy content (laughs) so how are you feeling is there anything that you want to kind of circle back to and dig into or are you feeling like you've got something to build on definitely got something to build on yeah yeah I'm really um yeah, really happy with that. Just thinking about how, yeah, w- what's behind these posts is, is going to be really, really helpful. And also going back to locating 
the the ideal clients mm-hmm. as well and, and finding where they are. Yeah. Um, another thing that kind of links to that is um, marketing outside of Instagram. Yes. In that we're so much more focused on social media because of the, the pandemic as well and lockdown and having not being able to go or do anything else. But I know that isn't, I Instagram isn't like the only way of marketing mm-hmm. yourself and the only way of building a coaching career. So um, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts around how else do you, you approach marketing? Yeah, that's, I was going to say that a minute ago. I was like, oh, we haven't <laughs> talked about this. Um, yes. And it's Instagram it kind of becomes the easy option because you know, everyone's there and I can just post a picture and I feel like I'm mm-hmm. doing it. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and, and it's making it part of the, that mix. And again, going back to your customer and thinking about the content ecosystem that they live in and where they are, what they're doing, how they're where they're getting their inspiration and information from. So mm-hmm. once you can kind of build up that sort of map of well these this is three podcasts they listen to these are the sort of magazines they read this is a blogger they read um these are the other people they follow on instagram and just kind of building up what content they are consuming on a day-to-day basis and then there's no easy way to put this pitching to me in those places (laughs) (laughs) so you know that's the traditional pitching to be on podcasts and write something for magazines but then there's also other ways to do things that can be more collaborative so say there is um you know you might even have a kind of Instagram friend who you have a lot of audience crossover than doing a collaborative project between you whether that's something as easy as a joint live or something as complicated as an Instagram challenge or a big competition or something like that just something Mm. where you can collaborate where you're cross-pollinating between you that can be really useful so it doesn't have to be just I'm going to pitch here I'm going to pitch there you can really think creatively about okay this is a watering hole of my customer how can I be there and just mm. and, and let your imagination run wild with it a little bit. I really like that analogy. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, I think it goes back to, like we said at the beginning, the researching and finding out yeah. where they are, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That has to be the start point because I can't say go and do Pinterest no. because your customer might be using Pinterest. I can't say go and buy a tv ad because you know that's might not be the right place they might not have a tv so it's yeah it all has to come from there because there's no you know here are the five places to be to market your business because it's all about where your specific person is so it's finding that out and then thinking of ways to put yourself where they are yeah exactly yeah i like that Mm. sounds really really helpful (laughs) And then, of course, again, we're when we're com- talking about being a magnet and uh, allowing people to stumble across you, it's then having the two-pronged approach. So while you're putting yourself in those places, making sure that you can have a call to action that's really clear, like come and sign up for my amazing free whatever and get them on your newsletter list. So then you can start to be more of a magnet. Yeah, explain that bit again to me, sorry. Sorry. So while you are putting yourself, so you've pitched to be on a podcast, you're on it, it's all good. They're going to stumble upon you on that podcast. Mm -hmm. It's then your job 
to make sure that you've got a really enticing call to action, like a really great freebie or just a promise of how good your newsletter is or your IGTVs and how valuable they are to get them to come and sign up to your list or at least follow you on Instagram to get those IGTVs. And that enables you then to not be worrying so much about them stumbling upon you again because you've been a magnet and they can continue to be magnetized towards your content. Kind of hook them in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's all well and good kind of going out and doing other things. But if what you're putting out isn't yeah. um isn't kind of hooky enough or, or exactly. kind of keeping them in, then yeah. Because mm. no people yeah. can go can go to extremes where they get really into pitching and they're spending all their time there but then people come to their website and it doesn't make sense or there's broken Mm. links and they can't do anything when they get there so it's just making sure that you're you've got a good equilibrium between the two and you're not kind of going too much one way or too much the other yeah yeah it's yeah keeping those things in balance isn't it Mm -hmm. that's really helpful thank you so Lots of food for thought. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've got lots of homework to do. <laughs> good. <laughs> I, yeah, I like homework. <laughs> good. So in that case, I have one last question to ask you, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? I think for me, it's all about remembering that as corny as it is, this is all about a journey and being really gentle with myself that I'm learning along the way. And also remembering to do the things that really light me up and that I love to keep me to keep me going along the journey. Mm. I really like that. That because yeah, you always think I don't know. I always forget that. Oh, this is it's all happening. It's all part of a journey. I don't need to be perfect right now. This second. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's good. Exactly, so, yeah. Lynn, where can people find you and come and connect with you online? Yes. So you can come and follow me on my Instagram at wandering to wonder underscore coaching. Um, I have just this week launched my website as well, uh, <laughs> which is www.wanderingtowonder.co.uk. And there you can actually sign up to my newsletter to get a freebie workbook that I put together all about understanding your values and um, what that means for you and how you can use that to feel a little bit more steady in these choppy waters yeah and I've also um, got a my coaching sessions are currently half price whilst I finish off my um, coaching qualifications so if people do want to work with me then get in now before the end of the year (laughs) there you go you're already putting into practice (laughs) 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 thanks so much Liz thank you any links we mentioned in this episode will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Lynn on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she is at wondering to wonder underscore coaching. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really enjoy this episode, please do send them the link and share if you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul. <laughs> <laughs>